At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yes, hello, Sean Gotti here, coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina. And there's not a single radio show around here that's worth a damn. So I'm listening to the Eric Zane Show podcast, coming to you live, Monday through Friday. So sit back, get your trays in the upright position, feet and elbows out of the aisle, because here he comes, Eric Zane. Welcome in. Right away, these two dogs, trouble. Let me just tell you, you see that look? They're, they're like, they're definitely not relaxing, these two. It has been a morning. Welcome into the Eric Sancho podcast. Uh, okay. If you're just listening to the audio podcast later in the day, you might be able to hear the dogs knocking heads. Uh, Daisy and Bruce are uh, are full of it. And, you know, I told myself when I came in here, I should probably separate them and keep Daisy out. They don't seem like they're going to relax. Now, ultimately, uh, this usually leads to Bruce humping Daisy. Now, normally that's a great thing because it's hilarious. But Kate says, let's not start with humping. You're right. You, you are right. But, I mean, today's kind of a different show, at least the start of it. And the way I'm going to do this on, on the show today is uh, I'm going to get to uh, uh, the big thing that we've been teasing and talking about. And then I'm actually going to break away for a period of time, like minutes, and play you the intermission. And then uh, go get a cup of coffee, come back and reset and finish the show. It's almost like a two-part show, if you will. And what that'll uh, allow is all the people that are here who hate me to just say, well, he's done, and then just fucking leave. You know? Um, all right. Let me uh, let me stress this. If you are in the chat and you're one of the usual suspects who are here, welcome as always to you. Um, it's important to know that you might today on this given day get somebody who wants to tell me off and put me in my place. Uh, let him go. Don't even engage him. Like you know, that's kind of like the rule we've had here for quite some time. Um, is you know, just don't worry about it. And if they want to come in here and blow off steam and uh, say bad things about me, that is quite all right. I don't mind. So, um, what I'm telling you is, let them punch themselves out, please. Um. I want to I want to get out in front of this because I you, some of you may have gotten the wrong idea because uh, tiki torches and pitchforks have been out in the last two days um, concerning your old pal Eric Zane and uh, look um, I'm not gonna go and attack Joe or, or or mercilessly rub his face and shit I mean for fuck's sake I'm not an animal 
Um, it's that's not what this is about at all. All right. Um, some of you may have gotten that impression by my own doing because I uh, tweeted out uh, says he's sad about stunts, which he is. Trauma was the word he used, and then the fucking idiots posted a stunt on their free beer and hot wings show on Saturday. And I'm like, what a horrible look that is. That is terrible. This guy just pours out his soul and says, Hey, uh, I've got, uh, (laughs) hold on a second. First time chat from viewer morning. Zaniacs, Zane haters go punch yourself in the D look. Uh, we're not going to go that way. Whoever you are, you may be a supporter of me, but I I, I generally want to have a welcoming feel. So, uh, again, keep the comments to a minimal, you know? I mean, seriously. Uh, yeah, I, uh, when, when I made that tweet, it was uh, more focused on the uh, horrible optics of this man saying, I was traumatized for all those years um, doing stunts, which I am going to uh, bring that up in a second. But though he said it, they then post a stunt on Saturday of Joe birthing a cow or something like that. So I want you, uh, that's, that's what the uh, point of all that was. So I, I've just been, I mean, people have been murdering me just left and right. Um, you need to know also that as we get in here, um, and start the show that I was of all the days that I shouldn't be late, uh, today almost was the, uh, uh, day for that. Because of this right here. This is, and you can't see it, obviously, if you're listening to the audio podcast, that porn star, Barry, who um, I have on a uh, COVID mask over my shoulder, the guy with the giant pecker. And this is a, uh, a thing that goes over a light switch and where his, ween- where his wiener would be, the, the light switch would go. So this is hilarious. However... Uh, and I also, I, you might think I'm fixated with this, but people keep sending me shit with this guy on it, this coffee mug, the mask. And so it was weird because it was on my light switch in my bedroom. And I'm like, which member of the audience was in my house? And it was actually my son. So maybe he's been behind this, all this, because I don't have any idea uh, who actually is doing this. So, but in my home, I'm like, oh my God, is this, did, did Pellerito come in the house and, and they're all, they're on every light switch actually. And every, every light switch, um, in my house, there's one of these. And so, but what the, the, uh, fucking ding dong did was he actually shut the light switch off and it controls my clock. So, um, at about seven 30, I hear the queen of the forest say, it's fucking 7.30. Why didn't you fucking wake me up? What are you fucking doing? I'm like, oh, what? Huh? And uh, I'm like, it is? It, sa- it says my clock says 5.30. And uh, she's like, uh, oh, no, we're late. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck, I'm late. This is the one. I mean, out of all the days, this is like the 711th podcast that I've done um, that I, I don't want to be late. I mean, I kind of have to be a little bit more prepared. This is the day that you don't want to do that. But... I ended up getting my shit together. Luckily, I had a lot of it planned the night before, which is rare, is very rare, but uh, off we go. Okay, so I'm not going to waste any more time. I want to get right to this. And um, um, just for a little bit of background, in case you don't know, and, you know, I uh, I told myself I would have this ready. Um, In fact, what I'll do is I'll... um, 
Okay, you know what? Let me let me actually take a little time here and uh, just so that you have it. I I, I just um, I want you to have full context because uh, a lot of you, when I get done with this, will be like, "Well, what did Joe say? I want to hear what he said. What what happened? Fill me in. I I want to know too." Um, so I actually have that for you. Uh, what you need to do if you are in the dark and you can hear this for yourself, I have no problem with anybody hearing it, is you uh, click on that and it, it's um, the segments are listed. So you can very easily find it. The last two segments on the Friday show is this uh, moment that I'm about to discuss with you. Um. So, yeah, you can uh, take a listen to it uh, at your at your leisure, if you will. Um, so what this entails is um, he is upset and um, he's had gone through a bad breakup. And um, well, bad being that he is no longer with someone he really cared for. So he is bummed. You know, this guy is uh, super sad. And look, this is not funny. Somebody uh, struggling and uh, feeling terrible. I, I, you know, I have all the sympathy in the world for. It. I've been there. You know, I mean, I, I can't. I can tell you how many times I've been on the radio crying myself. I, I've done that. And there's, there's nothing to be ashamed of about that. Nothing at all. Hell, I do it on this podcast. Um, and. It all, it all, I started it here through the grapevine. Hey, he's talking about you. I'm like, oh, well, come on now. That, that can't be true. There's no way that can be true. And okay, let me just uh, spell this out for you. I actually transcribed it. I know it sounds fucking crazy, but I did. I don't want to play the audio on the show. Um, Joe goes into detail um, about a lot of his past. And honestly, if Joe's just pouring out the things that are that he thinks are bothering him that are leading to his problems, that's that's a okay in my book. You know, um, sometimes let the ends justify the means in order to get somebody the recovery that they need. I, I get it. Um, but my problem with this, from the perspective of me, is well, first of all, when people do what he's I'm about to tell you that he did, when they're having a uh, you know a moment where they're uh, owning up to their responsibilities. It never works when you point others out along the way. It's excuses. It's blame. And I say that because I've had people say it to me. For 25 years, I've been going to AA, and people look at me, and, and when I start to talk a little too much, and, and I start to talk like I'm on a pity pod or woe is me, usually you'll get a guy who's about 70 years old, looks like a fucking pirate, will say, um, you know, uh, that's loser speak. And I'm like, I remember actually hearing those words, that's loser speak. You talk too much. You're, you're, you're going on and on and, and pointing fingers at others. And, and, and most often it's, it's you, you know? Um, and, and so that's the first thing I thought of when I heard this. I was like, what exactly is going on here? And, I, and, and, and the reason why I say that is because of uh, these moments. Uh, Joe said, old things still like, and he's very kind of uh, uh, discombobulated. He, he, he pauses a lot and there's, he's having a hard time. 
So it, I wrote it, but it's difficult to, you know, translate. Old things still like torture me, he says. For example, like the other week we were talking about, you know, I don't think Joe can work in a corporate environment. And, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty, that, that sounds like a joke. Uh, I, I highly doubt that anybody, I wasn't there, but I highly doubt anybody looked Joe in the face and said, Joe, you can't work in a corporate environment. It probably sounds like a jest knowing, you know, uh, what I know about that dynamic. Joe then goes on. And you know, this was talked about way in the past. And um, uh, I go, yeah, corporate environment. The next day, you probably like said I was fired unless I put icy hot on my balls. And then Hot Wings goes, you know what you signed up for. Let me pause right there. I don't know if I was there when Hot Wings said, you know what you signed up for. But there is no way in hell Hot Wings would seriously say that and mean it. That sounds like a joke. That sounds like busting balls. Because that's not the way he is. He would never have that type of attitude towards Joe. Ever. And nor did I ever see it. I never witnessed any type of aggressive stance on anything towards Joe. More on that in a second. Um, back to Hotwing says, you know what you signed up for. Joe then says, and I didn't. I didn't because the stunts, your stunts, referring to the ones we did prior to him, um, before me were like, eat a bowl of marshmallows. So he's implying that these damn dogs. Hey, I might have to actually take Daisy out here and that's going to bum me out if the humping starts. In fact, let me get ahead of this. I'm going to get Daisy out of here. Don't go anywhere. This is going to take me one second because I can't even concentrate and I need to. Okay. Hey, Daisy. Hi. Come here. Good girl. Come on. All right. Sarah says, no, leave Daisy alone. No, shut up. Mind your mind. You take care of your house. I'll take care of mine. All right. Where was I? Uh, you guys had to eat a big bowl of marshmallows. Now, when Joe says, uh, I didn't know what I signed up for, that's what he's implying. He, 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 uh, he is suggesting there that when the show started incorporating Joe stunts, he was clueless to what was about to happen to him. Okay. Um, he then continues. Instead, with me, it was make a dog eat out of your mouth. That was a great stunt. Uh, the dog never did eat it, though. But he did have to put dog food in his mouth. Uh, and we're going to throw food at you. And, you know, again, like if I wasn't a young boy. Okay. You weren't a young boy. You were a young man. You were 22, maybe older. But you weren't a young boy. So that that's a little weird. And there was an employee here. And it was like Kelly. Again, a lot of this doesn't make sense the way it comes out. If I wasn't a young boy and there was an employee here and it was like Kelly, you, they said, put icy hot on your genitals or else you're fired. And that was alluded to. And it, I don't remember it being you guys. Thank you, I guess. But my point is, just like there were some really, really traumatic things that happened where I was treated like dirt and they still bother me and little things 
that happen to this day still bother me. So let me just start with the big picture. Uh, that right there is suggesting that the stunts that Joe did have affected him for the rest of his life. And I'm not disputing that. I am absolutely not disputing that. If he feels that way, he feels that way. I, uh, I'm not going to sit there and say, no, you're lying. I have no idea, but I do know this. I remember the day where we were in the production room, room when Greg did tell him what to expect because we had a long meeting ahead of time about what we were going to do with Joe stunts and what we wanted to do. And he was dealt in. Now, granted, they weren't nearly as uh, elaborate early on as when um, uh, things progressed through the show, but... Every single stunt, every single stunt, Greg, meticulous. Joe, are you sure you want to do this? Are you sure you want to do this? You don't have to do this. And this is before we talked about it on the air. So there was an easy out. It isn't like we talked about it on the air and then um, he committed to doing it. And then we said, you know, you can, uh, you can get out of this because that would be bullshit because he would be like, well, I mean, how am I supposed to get out of it? I look like a... Truth be told, we could have just made up any story and he could have gotten out of it. So I guess my point in all this is Joe was afforded every opportunity to get out of all of those stunts. So when Joe says, I didn't know, that's bullshit. Okay. And just because you are having a horrible time, and I'm sorry about that, you can't go ahead and say that. That's not okay. I don't buy any of that. I reject all of that. And I wholeheartedly challenge you on all of that. And they should have too. Now, maybe when he was done, the show was over. They challenged him on it and said, hey, dude, that was bullshit. I don't know. I'm not there. But they let him get it all out. If it were me, I probably would have said after he went down that road on the air on Friday, I would say, hey, you know what? Uh, we got to take a quick break. And then uh, said, look, dude, uh, this is not going well. And that's all bullshit. And we're not going to be indicted by that. Get the fuck out of here. Go home. Sleep it off. Do whatever the fuck you got to do. But they let him go. Whatever. So I have a problem with that. Then the other thing that all the pitchfork grabbers and the tiki torches were, were fucking kicking my ass about was the idea that I was like, oh, yeah, Zane thinks he's talking about him. He's thinking to talk about him. Well, if the first part that I just described to you wasn't bad enough when he. OK, you got to understand this. The only people that were involved in stunts, Eric, Joe, Greg, Chris, that's it. We didn't have meetings about stunts, okay? And I have no recollection of ever threatening Joe. On the show, he said, and I, I, don't, uh, I don't remember it being you guys. Now, that could be interpreted both ways. He could be talking to the show in the years that I was there, but I don't know. I don't buy that. A lot of people do believe that. I don't, so I'm talking about it. That's it. I uh, I wholeheartedly reject that, and uh, I I had nothing to do with that, nor would I have ever, ever suggested, uh, just to be clear, um, that somebody get fired because they didn't do stunts. I didn't have that type of authority. Had I ever attempted anything like that, man, oh, fuck, I never would have heard the end of it. Okay. I always went with what I might have. I might have coasted him. Oh, come on, man. This would be a good one to be hilarious. No, I don't want to do that. All right, no problem. Figure it out. No big deal. Hang on. So, and I, and I get why 
so many people are like, oh, my God. It was one person who wrote, that was a master class in vulnerability. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't at all. Because if you're going to uh, have a master class in vulnerability, um, you're not going to lay blame. Okay? That isn't going to get you anywhere. Typically, if you're wanting to turn it around, you don't sit there and blame your problems on uh, all these other people who have nothing to do with your problems at all. Stand by. Okay. Uh, a little bit of background. Um, okay, hold on a second. Uh, still bother me now. That puts that to bed. Here's the next part. After talking about the stunts causing trauma, Joe said, and that's why, like, it was so, like, unfortunate that another trauma in my life was being in an abusive relationship and then being arrested for domestic abuse became such a public thing because, you know, and then Freebeer says, you were in a, and then both Joe and Freebeer at the same time say, you were being abused and I was being abused. Joe said I was being abused. Freebeer said you were being abused. Joe continues, and he says, both mentally and physically. Okay, so Joe has just said that someone in his past um, put their hands on him and uh, mentally abused him, uh, both physically and mentally, and I couldn't stop being in the relationship. I've never said it before. But whenever people talk, people going back to this person that hurts them. Like, I get it. And sometimes I feel like I can't say that because of the news stories that are out there about me because a lot of people never wanted to like. I felt like I could never get past that. Like, I felt I couldn't say anything because everyone already assumed that I was an abuser of women type of thing. But yes, I was in that relationship. Freebeer then says, but it was, I mean. Now, I can only assume by what he was talking about last time when he's reiterating that it was a uh, battered husband or boyfriend type of scenario. I'm not sure. Okay. I am going to turn to our guest right now, who... I'm pretty sure has a lot to do with this. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm introducing you to Joe's ex named Ashley. Hi, Ashley. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Never better. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, I can hear you great. Okay. Ashley, do you think that they are talking about you when discussing the relationship about the spousal abuse? Do you think that that's you that they're referencing? I do. I was the one included in those news stories. Okay, so I'm just going to come out and ask you. Um, have you ever laid your hands on producer Joe, Joe Gassman? Absolutely not. He seemed very adamant about it, and it also seemed like an open and shut case for uh, Greg Freebear Daniels on that show. 
Um, what, what can you maybe take me through? Uh, was there maybe some, uh, misinformation that could have, I mean, what, what the hell? I mean, that's a, that's a huge thing to say about somebody. All I can say is it was quite the opposite. I've never laid my hands on somebody in that relationship. Uh, as you know, it was extremely toxic, but definitely wasn't on my end. Ashley, since the relationship ended, you ended up moving out of Michigan, uh, moved on in your career, new friends, new relationships, um, extended family here in West Michigan, correct? Yes. Yep. Great state of Texas. In that time, have you had um, maybe a, a friend or a family member or somebody maybe occasionally say to you, hey, I think, I think you were referenced in some yeah. particular way? Yeah, and the great thing about being in Texas is it, I'm not exposed to that show. I don't listen to your show. I don't listen to Free Beer and Hot Wings. It's out of sight, out of mind. And I will get texts a lot, um, either referencing a certain clip or just saying they mentioned you. And um, I know I reached out to you a couple times when I saw or some things were sent to me about the crazy ex, the psycho ex. Just when I see it, it's just maddening. Um, I I don't have any voice in it. So, yeah, you- uh, unfortunately... You know, people know who not everybody knows who I am or knows Ashley is this, you know, face. But um, locally, I grew up in Grand Rapids. My family's here. They know. I mean, Joe and I were together for almost two years, lived together. People know who I am. And it sucks. Okay. Um, all right. So um, as you unpack that, you've uh, and that that probably might be a little bit detrimental to I mean, because obviously you've had well, you you told me you've had to uh, see people who are um, specialists in the field of uh, moving on from these types of things, you know, counseling, things like that. Correct. Yep. Yep. OK, so uh, that obviously is no fun and maybe might put a damper on your day for a period of time to hear this. But uh, that that does remain to be uh, true. OK, so um, that unfolded. Uh, let me go back to this transcript. Uh, after the um, discussion about uh, physical and mental abuse, Joe says, um, and again, I apologize. I actually wrote it word for word. So some of, and he was struggling. So, you know, there's that, but we'll try to uh, piece it together. Uh, he said, but it moved on and I went to a treatment facility where I could like focus on some things for a short period of time. Oh, by the way, um, actually, you know, I apologize. Before I continue, some people might be like, Eric, wh- wh- what the hell is going on here? Why? Why would you do this? And um, Ashley is only here to discuss the things that she was referenced in on this show. There's, um, you know, some people might be like thinking that she's going to come in here and throw, throw dirt on this man's grave or uh, stomp him in it. No, she simply wants to address what was said about her on that show. And I don't know why anybody would have a problem with that. Frankly. Um, I, I have Ashley, um, people have said to me, um, why are you giving her a microphone? I mean, and I, and my response was, well, why not? First of all, it's a big story and that's part of it. A a show that I used to be part of. So absolutely. I'm going to be on top of that. Uh, and I can discuss it because it's a very public thing on the radio. And next it's just fucking right. Do you agree with that? Yeah. I, I, like I said, I've had to, I mean, they can just say whatever they want to say. And 
I need people to remember just because Joe says something on air doesn't make it true. And nobody seems to question him. Okay. And I witnessed that too. I mean, uh, you wouldn't believe the, uh, did you get any hate? I don't know if people figured out who you were. Did you get any hate in the last day and a half? A little bit. Yeah. I've been called, you know, a psycho again. It's my, that's oh, yeah. kind of the word. Okay. Uh, psycho, the, the crazy ex, you know, that's typically. By the way, know. I think, I think we're all a little crazy. I think anybody at any one time in their life has been a little crazy. So, you know, whatever. Yeah. Stand by. Excuse me. Okay. Anyway, Joe says, but I moved on and I went to a treatment facility where I could like focus on some things for a short period of time. But after that, it was then I had to be connected to her again because she told me she was pregnant with my baby. And so I have to interact with her. Um, uh, before I continue, Ashley, there was a lot more than interaction. You sent me pictures of you two from Grand Haven on canoes having a good time, correct? Yes. It seemed like you were, guys were uh, in love. It was a lot of happiness in those pictures that I saw. Yeah, and those pictures were well after um, all of this. Those those were in 2019. Gotcha. Uh, and so I have to interact with her. Then I have to come on the show and I talk about things. And then it's just back to, you know, back to the normal. And that And that's like, in part, that's fine. I think he's suggesting he has to go into work, be funny, and then go back to interacting with you uh but at the same time people would still joke about me hitting a woman or a laptop being thrown off a building uh full disclosure i think i actually made that joke and it was a great joke i stand by it anyway uh or you know these things and then kelly says and probably the biggest uh moment of irony uh, it's just reliving humiliation over and over and over again. Do you find that statement to be ironic coming from the woman on the show um, that uh, she's referencing that type of scenario? It's interesting. I also know she knows nothing. So, um, and, and what interesting thing, side note about, about Kelly is Kelly has been on the receiving end of some bad things said there in the past year, there was a kind of a, a stark moment when, she was uh, not feeling very good because people were attacking her online and she didn't like it. And uh, it was, it was kind of rough. And so they had this, uh, this moment. And uh, honestly, I was surprised that she went there uh, knowing that, like you said, she doesn't know anything about this. Right, your, uh, your listeners are making me laugh. I can't stop. Oh, oh yeah. Hey guys, she can, she can see all that. So could you, could you maybe, I, I love you guys. I love you guys so much, but she's got to focus. So if you could maybe just let her talk and then we'll, and then you know what? We'll have fun after the fact, How does, but it's good to see you smile. I'm sure you haven't smiled in a day and a half. So, all right. Okay. Ashley, by the way, you're doing fantastic. You don't seem crazy to me. Um, just keep being you. It's gotta be, it's gotta be a little strange to be suddenly thrown into this after, you know, here you are trying to do your thing in another state and, you know, suddenly you're dragged back into this. But anyway. Um, okay. So now this is, this is key. This is forget me being butthurt that I felt like I was, had the finger pointed at me. Forget that. Yeah. Um, forget. 
and uh, and uh, for the audience and the and the hate and the haters out there, forget the fact that um, um, well, yeah, just forget all that. This is this is about Ashley. This is this is the big thing here. Kelly says it's just reliving humiliation over and over and over again. Joe says that's just a little bit of history that you may have known, and some of that is not. You know, some of that was not on the air. I never said that she told me she was pregnant with my baby to anybody other than you guys. Freebeer says, yeah. Hot Wings says, and she wasn't. Then he laughs, and then he says to clarify. So it comes out, and she wasn't. <laughs> to clarify. Um. Ashley, have you ever shared any of your medical history with Chris Michaels of the Freebird Hot Wing Show? No, but I did share it with Greg. You did. You did share it with Greg. I did. Okay. Um, with the Freebird and Hot Wing Show, who just referred to you as, well, essentially, let me ask you this. When Hot Wing says, and she wasn't, laughs, and, uh, and then says to clarify, He's clarifying that you weren't pregnant. Uh, pregnant. Did you feel like he was saying you had faked a pregnancy? Absolutely. I'm sorry. Yes, absolutely. Um. Okay. So that's weird. Three men are now saying on their show. Um, well, at least Hot Wings is saying at this point that you were not pregnant when Joe had been indicated uh, to that you were pregnant. Joe then says, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, and I got the impression when Hot Wings said that, that Joe was a little bit caught off guard. If you were to listen back to it, you can always hear him uh, grunt. You'd have to listen very carefully for that. I I think I was kind of under the impression he might have been caught off guard when Hot Wings said that, but he did say it, and then, Joe jumped in and said, yeah, I mean, in hindsight, when I looked at the time, when I thought about it, really thought about it and thought about the timeline that I guess it gives me some comfort that she probably wasn't. Freebear says, I'll get to you. Freebear says it's still pretty traumatic and all of the, all of the boys then agree. Ashley, um, Take me through the emotions when you were actually listening to this, how you felt, please. That's where I got really pissed. Um, if I could go through a little bit of the actual facts, and I don't really understand what the point of that was. Um, on March, I think it was around March 20th um, in that time frame, uh, Joe was in rehab, and I found out I was seven weeks pregnant. And the first person I called was Greg. And Greg's advice to me was Joe's in rehab. Uh, all you can do right now is take care of yourself, which is sound advice. And I was surprised by this. I wasn't supposed to be able to get pregnant. It was just a medical diagnosis that I had had. So it was shocking for both of us. Um, I couldn't contact Joe uh, for a while. And then while Joe was in rehab, I you know, was able to visit. I attended like the family meetings and, and was part of that process. And um, when, when he was out, we not only went to hear the first heartbeat, we went to a 3D sonogram where Joe paid for it. We were at the University of Michigan. I have a receipt um, from a 3D sonogram. We have the CD-ROM and payment by Joe Gossman. 
for him to say that, not only did he look back and think, I mean, it's black and white. It's, you cannot deny it. He was there in a 3D sonogram. There are pictures. It's a fucking lie. Do you think that when it's, uh, when you're implied to, well, the implication that was made about you on the radio, do you think that that coming out of the speakers solidifies to the audience that you're a crazy idiot who would uh, do something like this to him? Right. Yeah. And that's the crux of the point of it was like bringing it up in the first place that was kept private. And you know, I'm not going to discuss um, yeah. the fate of that, but that was kept private. He brought it up to say I was a liar. Like, you can't just say things like that. I have proof. I have all of the proof, all of the receipts. He not only was there and knew I was pregnant, we planned on carrying on. Um, and we carried on after the fact. We, like I said, we dated well after that. Um, and I guess in private, even when he was living at Chris's house and doing the whole van thing. I mean, for him to say, looking back, you fucking knew. Good times after after that. You had plenty of good moments. Yes. Yep. We we really tried to make it work for a while. Um, let me ask you this, because there's going to be people who say, um, I just don't believe you. That just will not believe you. And, and, I, and I, I find this to be really, really um, interesting because that show has been all about, even when I was there, I mean, who wouldn't do this? You know, about uh, hearing people loud and especially a woman who's a victim and things like that or has something terrible happen to her. The idea of being dismissive about what they say about something, that's kind of tricky business we would always murder somebody who would do something like that this is absolutely what's happened to you by these three men um so i guess where i want to go with that is if you ever like let's just say somebody said i need you to put your hand in a bible and, and uh, at risk of perjuring yourself, would you be willing to say all of these things to prove your point? Absolutely. Okay. Um, I'd be happy to take a lie detector test, like whatever it takes. I, this is, it's just true. And like I said, it's just provable. I have the receipts. I have the medical records. It's black and white. Like, I don't know why he thinks I don't have all of our text messages or medical documents i shared a medical document with you yep you did i'm glad you brought that up because the next thing i was going to say people might be like ah zane you're getting duped i read it i read what happened i know exactly uh she shared that with me and so i'm i'm well aware and i've, I've seen it all and i that's unbelievable that you would have to share your private medical information i mean hell we can just ask chris michaels he knows all your medical information he just he just said it on the radio that yeah. he knows you, he clarified, Ashley, aren't you lucky? He, he fixed it all for the whole world to hear. That's, that's incredible. Wow. What, what a guy, what a guy, right? Absolutely. Not only am I um, an abuser, um, but I am, I faked, faked a pregnancy. Um, wow. It's, it's fascinating. Now, I sure hope this doesn't happen, but I'm, I'm wondering if anybody might even have the nerve to say, well, yeah, but they didn't say her by name. 
I mean, that's, that's sounds like somebody trying to split hairs. I have three, just from that, um, I had a couple messages sent to me and they were like, I heard this. We know they didn't say your name, but I know that they're talking about you. People trying to warn me and send it to me. I'm like, I already know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Open and shut. Um, Okay. Joe, Joe then says, I promise this is leading to something. So he goes through all of that. And I still don't know what that had to do with him acknowledging to the world that he's bad at dating women which essentially is what this all boils down to. At the end of the day, Joe struggles in relationships. Anybody who's ever known Joe uh, with, with significant others, whatever. Hopefully one day he'll get it right. I guess my point in all of this, and this really, and I think this is a, it's a super sensitive time, and we run a risk, you and I do, by even talking about it, because people think that we're heartless animals, is just because you suck at dating doesn't mean you can lower the fucking boom on everything that's happened in your life to anyone that you feel has ever wronged you and, frankly, make shit up. Right? Right. Is there anything else, Ashley, about these things that were said about you on the air uh, that you would like to address? Because I don't, I don't want to get into, uh, like I indicated on my statement, I don't want to get into Chicago. I know you want to get into Chicago, but I don't want to get into Chicago. I know you want to get into all that stuff, but is there anything else you'd like to say? I think it's fair, and, and I'm not looking to put anybody at risk for any sort of lawsuits, but again, um, I can't get in trouble for saying the truth, and I have proof, so um, I'm not going to get into Chicago. I'm not going to get into the the dog saga, none of that, but um, I found, I mean, I work as an advocate in Texas with victims of domestic violence, and for him to say that about me, is I, I started to feel a little heated, and to, I mean, the trauma I went through and losing my son, um, it, in this chaos with Joe public, I didn't ask to, to date somebody, you know, that was in the spotlight like this. And this has been a horrific nightmare for me, but I've moved on. I got the help I needed. I've moved on. Um, so I'm like you said, only addressing the two things he said on Friday, but he went there, not me. I've been minding my own business. I don't think about Joe. I don't think about free beer and hot wings. I'm well moved on. So you know, here we are. Found a question for you. You are uh, working as an advocate for uh, domestic abuse. Um, mm-hmm. Have you yourself ever been in a relationship where someone put their hands on you and hurt you? Yep. You have, you, you have. Yep. Ashley, um, I appreciate everything you've said on here. Um, that is, this is not easy to do. I'm sorry that you have to go through with, uh, through this with me, but, um, uh, full disclosure, you were a house of fire. You wanted to be here, correct? Yes, absolutely. I, I want this. I want to shut it down. Like I said, just cause Joe says something on here doesn't make it true. And I appreciate there being an opportunity to have the other side of the story. Hopefully this, you, you won't be referenced again. I mean, I would honestly, if I were in charge of a publicly traded company like Town Square Media on a show syndicated uh, satellite service of Westwood One, Compass Media Networks, Danny Hunchback, with which is Greg and Chris, WGRD, um, I'm guessing all of those entities in this day and age would probably not look kindly on three men suggesting what they suggested on the radio about 
a lady minding her own business, uh, moving on with her life. I'm guessing that wouldn't go over well in the boardroom. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I agree. And I, I hope that this is an end and I want them to know that it's probably in their best interest to stop. And if they continue, there will be an issue and I will take, take that upon myself. So I'm hoping that, you know, if this gets back to them, that they, they end it here. And, and if they want to corner me, then we'll go from there. Okay. Ashley. Um, hey, thanks a lot. Okay. You go have a good day. And uh, yeah, get after it. I uh, appreciate you for being here. I think you did a hell of a job and uh, I'm, I'm glad you were able to say your piece. Okay. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye. Talk to you. See ya. Bye. For God's sake. Was that so bad? I think she did a hell of a job there. All right. This is what I'd like to do. Um, I am neatly wrapping this package up. And going to go get a cup of coffee. Oh, I guess I was muted for a little bit. Sorry about that. Uh, I am going to um, uh, go get a cup of coffee and then uh, and then come back. Okay? Uh, because there's plenty more that I'd like to talk about. But this is done. All right? This is done. This has been handled. There's nothing more to say. And uh, I feel good. Oh, if they do want, someone says, call Joe, LOL. No. If they do want to say anything, they're more than welcome to get a hold of me. I, hell, I'd love to have them on with Ashley. I mean, can you imagine that? Oh. So, uh, all right. I'm going to leave it right there. Uh, I'm going to go get a cup of coffee and take an intermission. You guys can sit here with the dogs. And then uh, we'll reconvene and go on with the show. All right, I'm going to come back with sponsors, by the way, because I haven't done a damn thing for these nice people who give me money to talk about them on the Eric Zane Show podcast, you know? So, very good. And I got a brand new sponsor today, too, that I want to get to. Um, and this will give a chance to all of you jackasses who let me have it, fucking kick my ass all weekend, motherfuckers. I forgive you. Uh, you can hang around here. And uh, I'll, I'll let it all slide. Just, you, you know, now you guys can call me nasty words. Now, I'll tell you what. I'm going to go on to the intermission. And then you people who don't like me, you can say bad things about me. And I'm an alcoholic and a loser. And you can say all that stuff. I don't want anything to do with it. But this bunch might get pissed at you. So I'll let you guys battle it out. Okay? How does that sound? I'll be back. All right. Question one, does Joe ever date women that aren't super attractive? For fuck's sake, well, you should save some for the, uh, for the rest of the uh, single guys. My God. He, <laughs> I tell you, he, I don't think Joe, I've known Joe. Well, I remember when Joe started dating. I mean, there is not a, a lady in his life that hasn't been the most unbelievably attractive person fucking a look at that i'm not complaining i'm not saying oh i wish my trust me i wouldn't <laughs> oh boy would never do that i'm just saying joe really has a knack it's like he's like i the most attractive woman in the room so whatever i'm joking oh but not um one more thing greg and chris um 
are not the support group who are going to lend you a hand. And what I mean, I don't mean that to sound insulting. Um, but a lot of the times, if you run with the, uh, a crowd that isn't r- really in tune with this type of uh, recovery, you, you, you don't have as nearly as strong of a chance of being able to uh, pull out of it. You know, this is an easy business. And I kind of wish I was there. I kind of wish I was friends with them. And here's why. This is what I mean by that. Because I'd ask them point blank. Are you consuming any substances that affect your sobriety? Because no offense, but you just said on your show how you didn't even attempt to uh, improve yourself or or do anything but uh, not engage the professionals you were talking to. I'm guessing you didn't really do that when it comes to protecting yourself against consuming substances, you know? Uh, In fact, I remember when uh, the whole jail thing went down and uh, when, when I heard the description of the treatment protocol, I winced and I said, well, that's not going to work. Now, I don't know everything, but um, I've been sober for 25 years. Okay. And I've been married for more for 30. And you don't really get success battling alcoholism and staying married when you're the biggest fucking asshole in the world like I am. Unless you're honest. That is the biggest thing going. So yes, you hate me, but I'm telling you, I'm speaking to you directly. Would you stop bullshitting people and be honest with yourself first? And then as the, like the spokes on the wheel go out, others? I think you stand a better chance of being successful in whatever it is that you want happiness, whatever it may be, when you start being honest, okay? Um, Greg said at the end of it, oh, this was a great first step. This was a great first step. It wasn't. It was all right. It did get off the rails. It wasn't honest. You weren't honest with anybody, okay? You're upset. You're sad, and you're explaining how bad you feel because you've lost something very, very important to you. That's all I'll say about that. Um, let's see. I'm just taking a look. What's up? Uh, Chris says he's just watching the dogs. Daisy coming back in here is a big deal. Okay. Uh, her being friendly with Bruce is a, is a win. Because, man, did they get into a fight over food. Um, So she now is being nice. So that is good. Okay. Uh, If anybody wants to talk to me directly, you can email eric at ericsaintshow.com. Man, let's... I got so much anger. Um, I got so much anger from people on my Reddit and in my Reddit, there's no one on my Reddit. I have, I have nobody on there and I had been trying. See, I don't like to, when people say things about me, I usually like to respond just the way I am. 
Um, and so I wanted to respond on their uh, subreddit. And the guy who runs it wouldn't let me. I go, come on, man. I even threatened to sue him. I go, I, I'm going to sue you. What are you going to sue me for, you fucking idiot? I go, I don't know. I just want to be out there and defend myself. He goes, I'll tell you what. I'll post a statement. I go, all right, that's good enough. I'll post a statement. Made it worse. Um, let's see. Jesus Christ, you are pathetic. Leave it alone. He said you guys weren't the ones who told him he'd get fired. Um, there's a lot. That I want to get to the Ashley things. I don't care about me. Some of these are just, I mean, hang on. I can't see shit. Um, some of these are just incredible. Jesus saying you're all fucked up. I used to think you were awesome, but this is pathetic. You really need some therapy, man. All right. Uh, ask yourself after seeing what just went down and hearing what just went down. Come on. You are not the better man. You're trying to portray yourself to be. This is not noble, respectful, or meaningful in any way. It makes you look petty and weak. Oh, well, okay. I'll let the audience be the judge of that. Um, Okay. There's just a couple I just got to read to you. I mean, they are absolutely exquisite. Mm, you are so pathetic. Why don't you do us all a favor and have yourself a heart attack, you rat-faced bitch? D D Hunt 713 says, Zane's got a tiny penis and it's really showing. Fucking rat, fuck, piece of shit. You're a low piece of scum. No one likes you. Cunt. All right. I need to, uh, I need to get these sponsors done. This show is going to be like five hours today. What an asshole I am. Stand by. The Open and Ashley's Appearance. Brought to you by my latest sponsor, Bosco's Pub in Hudsonville, Michigan. Welcome to the show, Bosco's Pub. Now, I've known Doug and Dee Dee for years. Uh, their daughter, Lindsay, played soccer with my daughter, Jacqueline. Doug reaches out to me. He... Uh, he uh, opened up this business in Hudsonville, Michigan, Bosco's Pub, uh, during the pandemic. And uh, here he goes. He reached out to me and said, hey, hey, he's got a great Michigan accent. Hey, man, I want to I get on the podcast. Okay, Doug, let's do it. So here's what you get. In, uh, in that little downtown Hudsonville area, kind of like uh, Terra Square, as it's known, you know, they're, they're trying to uh, create like a downtown environment there. And this is part of it. So they're in that Terrace Square Center. The one thing is, it's it's a you got to look for Bosco's Pub. But if you're along Chicago Drive, you're gonna get there. Okay, in that area. Now I know some of you are like, well, wait a minute, I I, I live so far away. I, look, th- I, I know that. I, I if you, I want you to in the area, go to Bosco's Pub. And guess what? 
I'm going to be hosting parties at Bosco's Pub, and I'm going to want to see you there. More on that coming up. They are at 3380 Chicago Drive in Hudsonville, Michigan. Doug said to me, um, our well drinks, you know, like uh, whatever, a shot of whatever or a mixed drink. I don't even know. I, don't, I haven't drank in forever, but, so I don't know. But he goes, they're a they're full pour. They're all a full, a full pour, unlike so-and-so restaurant and so-and-so restaurant. What he's saying is, we're going to get you hammered at Bosco's Pub. So I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Um, okay, so this uh, this menu doesn't have to be huge. It doesn't have to be huge at all. You know why? Because of the burgers. You're going to go to Bosco's for the burgers, which are served, of course, with fries. You can also throw in onion rings, and they've got, okay, just an incredible array of different things you can get on these burgers, uh, and all affordably priced. You know, if you go to a burger joint, uh, you you kind of want to you know pay for a burger. You don't want to pay for a. You don't want to go to some other place. No, you you paying eighteen dollars for this burger for an experience. Fuck that shit. No way. I mean, look at that. You can go in there at uh, Bosco's and uh, get the Easy Burn Burger, grilled Angus steak burger, pepper jack cheese, jalapenos, uh, lettuce, and chipotle, chipotle. Chipotle or chipotle? What do you say? Is there a right way to say that for just ten ninety nine? So that's what I'm talking about. Uh, if you want more information, you go to, you, uh, go to boscospub.com, B-O-S-C-O-S, pub.com, or click on the Bosco's Pub logo at the top of ericsaintshow.com, and I will see you at Bosco's Pub. Watch the game, TVs, uh, drinks, beer on tap, uh, great menu, wonderful environment at Bosco's Pub. Welcome to the Eric Zane Show podcast. Okay, this is going to sound weird, but I'm actually going to drink this coffee right in front of you. I'm going to turn down the mic, but I need to get every bit of it inside of me at one time. You can use that, what I just said, uh, as a drop. Hang on. I make my coffee so strong, it's like mud. I'll edit that out in post. No, I won't. Maybe I will. Okay. Where was I? Um, TC Paintball. Online at tcpaintballgr.com. Wednesdays is Little League Day. Uh Uh-huh. I tell you what. uh, Okay, let's say you're the parent. It's like, oh, man, I feel like I should be bonding with my kid. But he really only wants to, all he wants to do is play video games. I've tried the play catch. I've tried the, uh, I don't know, go out and do some type of exercise together. Uh, Hell, I've even tried to play video games myself. We're having a little bit of difficulty getting the kid away from the video games. You should consider a real-life video game, and that would be uh, Paintball Madness at TC Paintball in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Damn it. Let me just explain the type of fun you're going to have there. If um, for me, the the fun is honestly now, not everybody feels this way, but I'm kind of a wuss. I have never walked out onto the paintball field and I've done this so many times since I've been working with TC paintball and not felt trepidation. Okay. 
That's probably why I suck so so much at it. There's like this little buzz. I'm like, oh, no. But then when you do light somebody up and you see them go, "Ah, oh, oh, fuck, shit, fuck. It's great. Awesome. TCPaintballGR.com. Get in on the fun. You just pay one fee when you go in there. And then you get the gun, you get the mask, you get the paint, and they they host you. There's there's refs on the field. I mean, this is a this is a really organized bunch, and you just book it for three hours. Neighborhood kids there, you and your bro friends, whatever. Try it out, man. TCPaintballGR.com. Bennett Flooring Installation. Thank you so much. If you are in West Michigan, reach out to them at six one six. 318-0167 for a flooring install job. Okay. Uh, there's another business I'll talk about where you would get the actual flooring. But Bennett focuses on just installation. So you've already done the shit work of ripped out the old stuff. And you went and purchased what flooring you want down. Bennett installs it. So this is a, a, a the cheapest way possible to have your floor professionally done the cheapest way possible to have your floor professionally done. And just like a lot of my sponsors, when you reach out to them, you're, you're helping a a business person who's, you know, this is all about the hustle, the grind. That's what a lot of these businesses on my show, um, focus on, you know, good old getting in there and, uh, uh, being put to work. 616-318-0167. Call or text Jacob Bennett today. Stand by. Facebook fight, Facebook fight. I wasn't really in a Facebook fight this weekend, um, but you know me. I mean, honestly, um, I wanted as many people to hear the first part of today's show as possible. And you don't get any type of um, traction if you just kind of... politely step up to the line you got to go for it and i did and um took a lot of heat for it but uh during that time i was uh tapping away on facebook almost made it three months without an incident but uh, then I saw, I, uh, I looked at it later on, and I, I saw the big uh, exclamation point in red. You have been muted, banned for 30 days again. Again, <laughs> it has happened again. Holy fuck. This is why I went to Twitch. Because, you know, I, want, I, don't, I don't want to be muted when I'm trying to do the show. So, and then I looked at what I had said. And, oh, my God, they must really have a, uh, a fucking bug up their ass. You see, again, every time you get in trouble, you're, you've, like, shortened your leash. And so I w- this is what they got me for, for um, uh, bullying. This was, now, look, that's Facebook bullying. Um, it was, again, explaining to someone why I did what I did at the first part of the show by having Ashley on, which by now, you know, was no big deal. It was simply a lady explaining herself. Um, so I explained that to some lost soul who spent a good part of their Saturday telling me to go fuck myself. 
And uh, my point was, look, if they're going to throw her under the bus, I don't have any problem in letting her explain her side of it. What's the problem with that? And then I wrote, fuck them. But, but I didn't write, fuck them. I did number sign, dollar sign, asterisk, K, uh, what do you call it? Apostrophe E-M. So it was all those symbols, K, apostrophe E-M, which everybody knows I'm saying, fuck them. I actually did what they wanted me to do. And they said, and I don't know if the dude who was following the thread on uh, the, the comments, if he said, oh, no, Mike, I'm hurt. I got to go to my safe space. Oh, shit. And then turn me in, which, I mean, come on. So that's what I got. Now, this one. Okay. When I called the chick eating the hot hot dogs a crack whore, the, the chick who ate all the hot dogs in Grand Rapids, uh, I think she ate like 100 hot dogs. When I called her an ugly crack whore, I could see that. All right. Um, I don't remember what the other ones were. I usually have short memory on these. But I, I, I do remember referring to the chick going from town to town eating everybody's food like an animal, a crack whore. And I stand by that uh, assertion, that that assumption, okay? I stand by, uh, I'm team crack whore till I, crack whore or die is what I'm saying. But I'm out again. So that's a bummer because I just promised Doug at Bosco's Pub all sorts of Facebook exposure. So I had, to, uh, I had to give him a free month. All right. Forward down the field. The Detroit Lions have won. Oh, my gosh. This was spectacular. This was absolutely spectacular. Um, I can't, man. And here's, here's the deal. I was... Um, I was actually in the car when it happened. And 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 that's how I approached the Lions. I um you know, I saw that at uh I saw that at one point in the game they were um up and I was like, "Oh, well okay. Here we go. That's good." And um but Minnesota kept whittling away at the lead. I was like, "Oh boy, here we go. This is bad. This is really bad." And then sure enough, man, when the Lions were in the lead by like one or two points, and then with like four minutes to go, it was fourth and one or something like that in their own territory, but not deep in their own territory. They decided to go for it. And though they only needed one yard, I think they they, they passed it and Goff got sacked and he, he fumbled. <laughs> So Minnesota lands on it. I'm like, oh my God. I didn't even get pissed. I just like, of course they're going to lose like this. Of course. And then Minnesota goes down the field. Well, they didn't have to go very far. They they ate a lot of clock and then kicked a field goal. So with like a minute 12 to go, the Lions get the ball. And then um, Minnesota started playing this odd type of defense where they were really giving up a lot. So they're not giving up the big the big um, play, but they're giving up 12, 15, 9 yards. And then the, the first play happens. Goff immediately goes to the line and clocks it. 
Next pass, so and so catches it. He steps right out of bounds. Now they're getting they're getting somewhere, but it's still a long way to go. They end up setting it up where there was um, four seconds left, and they're in right at the doorstep. They're in the red zone, but they have to get a touchdown. It is uh, it, it it's fourth down. First victory of the year on the line. Goff's got it. Back, looks, throws, and yes! Touchdown, Detroit Lions! They did it! Armand Ross St. Brown in the receiving end! Oh, they're rushing the field! They've done it! Three zeros on the clock! This game is over! It's over! Jared Goff to Amon Ross St. Brown, his first career touchdown. And how big is that? Oh, my goodness. Have a day, boys. Have a day. All right. So the Lions win it. That's huge. Absolutely incredible uh, that they that they pull it off in that fashion. I was just I was just shocked at that. Absolutely amazing. Their first win. Seeing all those guys go ape shit on the field, seeing those fans lose their shit, absolutely incredible. This is uh Dan Campbell, who, you know, everybody loves Dan Campbell. This guy is in a he's in a tough spot. He's had nothing to cheer for uh up to this point. And you know this game is um, is is enveloped in the um, attack on Oxford High School by that little fuck who I hope dies, Ethan Crumbly. More on that in a second. So there's a real special angle to this. So this is Dan Campbell. First thing I'm gonna start with uh, this game ball goes to the whole Oxford community. All those were affected. Um, and that being said, man, I just, you know, I just, I want us to not forget these names, Madison Baldwin, Hannah St. Juliana, Justin Schilling, Tate Muir, Phoebe Arthur, uh, John Ashuto, Riley France, Elijah Mueller, Kylie Osiji, Aiden Watson, and Molly Darnell, who's a teacher. Um, those, those names, um, for all those uh you know, will never be forgotten, and they're in our hearts and our prayers and all the families, and not to mention all those that were affected by all of this, uh, the classmates, the brothers and sisters, the cousins, the teachers, the, everybody, coaches. The... That's incredible. He's crying. Jared Goff, who's got nothing but shit thrown his way, hung in there through that pass. On that play, and, that, and we couldn't see it because of, I, I can't figure out what the fuck is going on. Um, on that play, the dude for the Vikings really let that guy in. I, I was surprised at how um, how open that uh, that that guy was. Yeah, Jared Goff, he's upset, emotional, but uh, it, you know sometimes special things happen in special circumstances and um, I think you saw yesterday what Michigan did against Iowa and then us today getting our first win and you know was it 12th week 12 13 weeks like 
you know, you, you, you never hope for a tragedy like this, but you, you hope to be a light for those people and, and a positive, a positive thing that they could have fun watching today. I hope they were all watching today and wow. were able to enjoy that win and, and, and we could take their minds off it for, for whatever it may be, three hours. Um, I think any time that we can do that, it's, it's a lot bigger than our sports, a lot bigger than us. And, and I thought today was one of those special circumstances that um, we were able to rise to the occasion and make something special happen. So pretty much uh, all, pretty much all of America loves the Lions. I mean that was that was spectacular. And and um, uh oh, we've got dogs. We've got the dogs are now marring the podcast. I got my eye on you two because you know what's going to happen because they're playing right now. And while I'm here talking about um, school shootings, can you imagine? If they start humping while I'm uh, talking about school shootings, come on. It's probably going to happen. I'm not going to lie to you. Look at them. Look at those idiots. They hated each other moments ago. Oh, now, seriously, this is terrible. Daisy just, uh, I think Daisy's humping him. She is. Look at, look at that. She's pegging him. Daisy is, yeah, give it to him. Make him humble. Make him humble. (laughs) Holy shit. Okay, you guys, enough. I'm going to have to get her out of here. So stupid. Chris says, Daisy giving him a taste of his own medicine. Do you like it when it happens? You like it when it happens to you? Uh, people are encouraging me to leave them alone. You do. Okay, you fucks. Listen to me. You do realize that when Bruce is doing it, his little pecker is is touching her back. Okay? And every time he humps, um, uh, it, it, it stimulates uh, his ding-dong. And then if you do that enough, I don't know if you know anything about the mechanics of uh, making babies, but it will happen. You will have um, the, the humidity level will go up in this room because of a quantity of dog jizz. And okay, well, you know, you can say a lot about podcasting and video streaming, but I would guess that would be the first time that. Uh, a dog jizz erupting from a dog ding dong would happen on a live podcast. And who wants that? I mean, come on, guys, knock it off. Now they're going in for round two. I might have, seriously, this is bad. Hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no. There it is. There it is. That's he's doing it. He's actually doing it. Unbelievable. Okay, enough. Get the hell out. Enough. No. Get out of here. Now you guys, assholes. I'm not listening to you guys anymore. I am not listening to you anymore. No more. No more. 
The next time I'm going to, okay, the alarms are going off in my head. Get Daisy out of here. Get Daisy out of here. This is going to get bad. Um, all right. Everything's all fucked up now. I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing. So the Lions win. They dedicate it to the uh, folks at Oxford, in Oxford. The uh, Michigan Wolverines, they had the uh, family members of Tate Meir. I think I say Meir. It's spelled M-Y-R-E. It might be Meyer. I hope not. But anyway, I was a young man that Ethan Crumbly killed. And I, I know like a lot of people like to say like pass away, but um, and, and think in sensitive language amongst these things. But he was murdered while he was at school. That's what happened because of that little fuck who I hope he burns in hell forever along with his parents. But the parents of Mir were uh, out there for the coin toss. I mean, that was unbelievable. And, I, and I, here's what I think about that. Because that's hard to do. You know, typically if something is as is, is awful as this, you, you know, laying low might be. But I like the idea of the boldness of going out there and, and um, selflessly warming the hearts and the souls of the community, you know, and, and, and every, people in general and everywhere who um, have something terrible, violent act like this happen in their lives. This is a great example of the human spirit because it shows that as terrible as this is, they are going to go out boldly and live their lives. And it's perfect for the memory of the fallen. It really is. And then the teams, by the way, the Lions and the uh, Vikings had an O for Oxford on their helmets. The teams during the college football game, uh, I don't know if um, Iowa had it. They may have um, had 42 and four hearts, uh, like uh, a patch on their jerseys. 42 was a name of, uh, was a number for the kid, Tate Muir. And the four hearts were indicative of the four people who were murdered by that fuck. And, um, and then Michigan scored 42 points. Holy fuck. They scored 42 points. Does that not, does that not make, give you goosebumps? My God. Shit. And so they beat the fuck out of Iowa. They are in the tournament. Had they lost, that would have been a bummer. Oh my God. But Iowa had no chance. Michigan kicked their ass. Um, more on the college football thing. Alabama, motherfuck. Just like that. Remember when they lost to Texas A&M? And uh, 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 Alabama, Linda was all like, oh, Nick Saban, I'm so upset. I go, don't worry. I go, there's going to be so, I go, they will be there at the end. And they are. Not only are they there, they're number one. They just beat the Georgia Bulldogs. Wow. That's incredible. They beat the shit out of them. Um, this after a horrible performance the week before where they basically spotted Auburn 10 points and then fucked off for three and a half quarters. And they still came back and beat Auburn in the Iron Bowl. And now here they are. Uh, 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 champions of the SEC again. Saban is number one going into the tournament. Damn it. How about that guy? 
I can't think of, okay, if you were to say who's had more dominance, um, Brady or Nick Saban? I mean, that's a debate. That's a hell of a debate. Throw Belichick in there, I guess, but Belichick hasn't won anything post-Brady, so we'll see. But still, this son of a bitch, you are watching the greatest college football coach ever, in my opinion. He has to be. I mean, and that's quite a legacy, considering uh, he's at a school that had Bear Bryant of all fucking people. I mean, Newt Rockney's in heaven going, God, that guy, son of a bitch, is good. Bear Bryant sitting right next to him. Right now, Hugh just going, Eric Zeta, I had no idea you knew so much about sports. Ah, yeah, come on. I know more than you, dumbass. You're the drip who suggested, who said on your, na- on your uh, statewide radio show that um, the Lions were going to win more games with Goff than the Rams would win with Stafford, you dumb twat. Seabears495 says, give Harbaugh some credit. He will be up there one day. No, I won't. Why would you even suggest such a thing when we're talking about people who have won repeated national championships? Jim Harbaugh, you're basing that on the Michigan, on the Michigan game and the Iowa game. That is not, you are not allowed to throw that into the conversation. Okay. Come on, man. So Alabama won. Michigan two. Uh, Aiden Hutchinson is a beast. Um, Michigan has a lot of uh, great things going for it. Number three is Georgia. That's who Michigan's going to play. Georgia is in kind of a weird spot right now because they end. First of all, they got all the way went the year all undefeated, but supposedly their quarterback has kind of gotten a little bit sideways. And uh, now the Georgia faithful are saying, Oh no, we need the backup in. We need the other guy. I don't know his name. I don't follow that much. Um, but uh, they, they were exposed. Okay. Now, Maybe they'll be able to pull it together. I don't know. But they had kicked ass all year long. Here's another example of why, if you really want some good comedy, pay attention to Joey Williamson, Hollywood's World of Sports, with the hot take, I don't think Georgia should be in the playoffs. What the fuck are you talking about? They were beaten by like a top five team on the final game of the year. Are you suggesting that Notre Dame should have gone in there? Baylor? Come on. Baylor was ninth going in, which, by the way, how incredible of a victory was that? Did you see that defensive back track down that running back as a poor son of a bitch is trying to stretch towards the pylon? He's like, ah, oh, God. oh, no. It was a great play. Baylor's awesome. They don't deserve to be in the top four, though. I would say Cincinnati out before Georgia. I mean, come on. Uh, Cincinnati is in, though. They beat Houston in their, uh, in their championship game. And uh, so this is shaping up as a hell of a story because now you got Alabama 
taking on Cincinnati. Everybody's forgetting about these fuckers. But these dudes are tough as shit. They've got some swagger now. I didn't believe in them before, but now I do. Can you imagine how the faithful are going to be if Cincinnati rubs Saban's nose and dog shit? Uh, So I'm excited about that. I'm really excited about that. It'll be Alabama, Cincy, Georgia, Michigan. All the other bowl games don't matter. No one gives a shit about Michigan State and the Peach Bowl, Notre Dame and the whatever bowl. Uh, I like the story that said, Notre Dame is energized at their postseason bowl appearance because of the new coach. Uh, Never has it been more obvious that everybody hated Brian Kelly. Holy shit. Okay, that's all I have to say about that. This weekend, hockey. Okay, this moment. In Friday night's game, and the uh, Griffins played the Rockford Ice Hogs two games this weekend. In the first game, three minutes into the game, some guy, number, uh, number 55, I don't know who the fuck he is, doesn't matter. Uh, ref's arm goes up, calls a penalty. It's on 55 cross check he hit some fucking guy in the back now i'm guessing it was a a a very weak penalty because this guy gets into the box which as i've told you before he's right next to me there's 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 air between us there's a doorway but the door is open i can reach out and touch him and so you know typically if they seem good natured i might say hello or or something like hey how you doing hey how was the trip where what town you guys going to next or you want some water or something like that this guy's pissed. I'm not going to talk to him. He gets in there and he's screaming out loud about the penalty. He goes, that's fucking weak. Okay. That's fucking weak. Okay. eh? like, oh, oh, I mean like what the fuck? I barely touched him, you know? And, uh, he's referring to this ref who's, well, the description is app, but man, it'd make me laugh as I'm getting ready to key on the mic and say something. And he goes, you filthy big nose fuck. And I'm like, yes, I don't think I have ever heard a player refer to another player, uh, a ref as a filthy, big nose fuck. Okay. So that was great. Uh, the Griffins ended up losing this game badly though. They, they, they won, uh, in, in uh, convincing fashion the next night, but in this game that I'm telling you about now, they didn't. Okay. This guy leaves the box after two minutes. Actually, there was a goal. Griffin's got a goal. So they got a power play goal because of this fuck. Two minutes after another penalty, same guy, same penalty. He skates in and he, oh my God, there's steam coming out of this fucking guy's ears. And he doesn't say shit. And he sits down and he's just, but he's just seething. I can see it. Doesn't say anything. Penalty time ends. He skates out onto the ice. I'm like, oh, thank God. You know? And uh, actually, I kind of like it when they lose their mind because it's hilarious. Because I'm there with uh, the scoreboard operator, the scorekeeper, the timeout coordinator, and the penalty box attendant. So it's all this in very close quarters. And when somebody... Can you imagine how awkward that is? Somebody's freaking out having a temper tantrum. And there's four or five other people about six inches away from you. 
It's fucking hilarious, man. A little bit of time goes by. Whistle blows. And I go, no way. There's no way. And sure as shit, it's 55 again for yet another cross check. Now, he skates into the box. He looks somewhat defeated. Okay. So I go, okay. He realizes he sucks dick. He realizes now that um, his hockey career is going to end because he can't stay out of the penalty box. He's going to wind up after this game playing in some shithead league because he stinks, and uh, that's the end of it. And he's not going to say a word. He sits down. I write down the penalty, 55 cross-check time, and now as soon as they drop the puck, as soon as uh, they they go to the drop, I'm going to key on the mic and announce the penalty. It's the way it works. I press the red light goes on. I've got this mic that, thank God, I have to, if I'm right up to it, you can hear it. But if you are over here, it doesn't, it doesn't pick you up at all. Or so I thought. I, I guess I wasn't sure. Because I didn't realize I had a screaming banshee next to me that was going to be loud as shit. And I key on the mic and I go, Rockford penalty on. And I hear, And then he's taking a stick and banging it on the glass. Fuck! Fuck you! Fuck! Fuck you! Fuck you! He has flipped his fucking mind in the box. And we're all going, I got the thing key, the mic keyed. And I, I pull my hand away. And then in my ear, I've got the ops manager up top. And he goes, we heard that, we heard that. I'm like, oh, so his piercing shriek of obscenities went right by me and right into the mic and for people to hear. Now, I can't tell if you can hear it because I have headphones on and I can only hear my voice. And then as I key off the mic, I hear, oh, like, like the crowd did, oh, like they, they knew something was up. Something had happened. And a doll, this all happens in seconds. I'm like, oh, no fucking shit. Oh, my God. And then I hear, yeah, hey, Zane, we're going to have to watch that. It's like, dude, okay, I don't have a crystal ball, okay? I'm not like fucking Dumbledore with the wand, pulling out memories and dropping them, and then Harry puts his face in the thing. It's a Harry Potter reference. You wouldn't, you wouldn't know what it is if you didn't see it. So don't, don't, don't tell me to predict the future on these crazy fucking cement-headed idiots who don't know how to act when they get busted for playing shitty hockey, okay? Not my fault. Oh, my God. Oh, fuck. I just spit everywhere. Hey, thank you to um, Johnson Carpet One for being on this show. That's where I want you to go to get your flooring, okay? Johnson Carpet One. So spectacular to have them in the fold of the Eric Zane Show podcast. They are in Granville, Michigan, right on Chicago Drive. You can't miss them. Uh, go bang on their door and uh, pick out some flooring for your home that you're obviously going to have installed by Bennett Flooring Installation. There's also the outlet um, store for Johnson Carpet One Flooring Home right behind Little Caesars, just down the street from them. That's where Kent dropped the E at a U works. You can finally be face-to-face with the one and only Kent going there. Hey, man, 
We're redoing a room. What did you guys overbuy that you're going to sell me for cheap? And frankly, what they do is they, they buy popular shit in abundance because they know they're going to sell it. And when they buy it in abundance like that, they get it cheaper. So what that means is you can get it cheaper. That's how it is. So, um, in fact, I put the flooring down in Jim's old room that way. I went and said, hey, what's, what's overbought? This. So it's a hell of a lot cheaper. You buy boxes of the flooring. You have to figure out how much you need. Take that shit out. Throw it in the home. And then Jacob Bennett shows up and installs it. That's how it works. Uh, Johnson Carpet One Floor and Home in Granville, Michigan. A&E Heating and Cooling, Senor Martinez. He installs the Comfort Maker brand of furnaces and air conditioners. If your house is cold, you might need a new furnace. If you have a furnace and it's still good, you need it tuned up yearly, okay? You know, there's combustion going on in there. It gets dirty. Have the sensors cleaned. Have it running at peak performance because energy costs are through the roof. I just got my uh, energy bill yesterday, and I am too scared to open it. Uh, That's what you do. Install a new uh, Comfort Maker brand of furnace. From A&E Heating and Cooling. Call or text 616-516-8579. 616-516-8579. Also, not forgetting about Horizon Hydroponics. If you're growing anything like, oh, I don't know, cannabis, and you're indoors, and let's say it's in soil with the lights and the tents, and the you know you, you put a lot of money into this, you want, the, uh, you want what you're growing to be fruitful, okay? You're seeing it grow. You want to make sure you have everything in order to make that possible. For a lot of you, this is a hobby. This is fun where somebody might, I don't know, play video games or podcast or run or lift weights. People like to grow shit indoors. That's a thing. And nowadays, in a lot of places, you can grow cannabis. So that's cool. Hell, in Michigan, I don't even know the the amounts anymore. You You can carry like a ton of it on you. And give it to a friend. And the cops go, nice job. Anyway, um, that's totally legit now. Horizon Hydroponics has been there even when it wasn't legit. You know? But uh, that, that's completely uh, above board now. Uh, their website is H-O-R-I-Z-E-N Hydroponics.com. Go to their website. Buy whatever you want. Have it shipped to your door. Orders two fifty and more. That's free anywhere in the U.S., or you can uh, order it online and pick it up. You know, there's a, a phone number right on the website, too. You can call those folks up if you want to uh, get any information about um, what it is you're thinking about buying, and you'll be in good shape. So there you go. Okay. Um, I wanted to get to this story about the agars, but I have a feeling like I am still struggling on this. Uh, Damn it. I really wanted to get to that too. Shoot. I'm having a terrible time getting my video to work. I must have done something wrong. Of course. Go figure. So I can't get to what I wanted to do, and that's bumming me out. Um no big deal though. Hang on. I can I can shift on the fly. Trevor writes this. Holy shit. Great interview. You handled that well with Ashley. It was very balanced and it didn't turn into attack. It wasn't intended to be. You just covered the facts and it was powerful. Hopefully the Reddit warriors will watch it. Yeah, you know, 
The only reason why I would want somebody to watch it who thinks I'm a piece of shit is to, you know, whatever. Get get the point across that I'm not. I mean, come on. Uh, like I said earlier, uh, I got to fucking look at myself in the in the mirror. Jesus. This school shooting in Michigan might be worse than any other school shooting um, because of the level of um, malfeasance from the parents. You know, typically when there's a school shooting, you might see the parents, they're like, oh, we had no idea. And oh my God, I feel so terrible for the family. Uh, in this one, they had an idea. They contributed to it. And now they're going to go to prison because of this horrible act that they did Essentially, encouraging this kid to kill people. That might be a stretch. Hang on. But listen up. Uh, first of all, a Michigan school district superintendent. You've seen this guy on the news. He's defending the guidance counselors because people are pointing fingers at the school. Um, saying, you know, why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that? Why didn't you do this? Um, they sent the kid. Here's in a nutshell what happened. Guidance counselors. Parents, kid with his backpack, they're discussing a, a drawing that he did saying uh, with like a gun shooting people. He drew like blood and shit on them and, and wrote all sorts of fucking fucked up messages that prompted the meeting. They get in front of counselor parents, all that shit. And for, uh, well, they, they have the meeting and then the, the school says he should go home. The parents say, nah, we're going back to work. Kid gets up, goes back to the classroom, handful of minutes go by, goes into the bathroom with his backpack, takes out his nine millimeter, walks out of the uh, school, uh, restroom, starts shooting people. That's what happened during that meeting. It is thought that that weapon was in the backpack while he was there with the counselor, with the mom and dad. Well, why didn't you search the uh, backpack? I don't know if that actually is legal. Uh, I'm not a lawyer or a cop, and I don't know if they thought that there was a need for it, but that is so fucked up. There's more to it. Oxford Community School Superintendent, um... Hold on a second. A Michigan school district superintendent defended the guidance counselors who sent the Oxford High School shooting suspect back to class after meeting with him the morning of the attack, saying the student's parents had withheld relevant information. Oxford Community School Superintendent Tom Throne uh, wrote in a letter to the community Saturday that he had requested a third-party investigation to review all interactions between the alleged shooter, uh, 15-year-old Ethan Crumley, and school staff and students. He also vowed transparency and offered answers to some of the questions about potential warning signs for the violence. Authorities previously revealed that the shooter was alleged shooter. I hated that they have to say alleged shooter. Fuck. Was referenced to a guidance counselor on Monday. Then again, the morning of the shooting. On Monday, I guess the kid was looking at ammo on his phone. Now, this is a family that they purchased the weapon for him as a Christmas present. Um, 
I can't really say that I would be opposed to, uh, let's say if I had a 15 year old and was really into uh, shooting and guns and I did that with my son, I would absolutely do that, buy a gun for him. And then we would together get the gun, go up north and shoot our guns or go to the range. And then when he's done with it, we put it away. Okay. Um, yeah, that's okay. You, you can do that. They did that. The dummy was looking at ammunition in the school on his phone. And the teacher like says, oh, my God, he's fucking at ammo.com looking to buy ammo. What the fuck? Again, that's not necessarily below board. I guess if you fit the two stories together, he, I guess it's uh, you can argue that he was getting ammo ready or trying to look for ammo that might work well in his attack. I have no idea. But that did tip off the school. So, you know, who knows here? Was this chicken before the egg? Was it egg before the chicken? I don't know. Did did him going into the school Monday uh, to talk about the um, uh, getting busted for looking at ammo, did that um, uh, push him over the edge? Well, you know this kid's me- mentally deranged. Um, so who the fuck knows? But all I do know is that after getting busted Monday, mom found out about that. Now... Upon investigating this, the cops revealed that they uh, found a text message from this sick bitch mom to him saying, I'm not LOL. I'm not mad. You just got to learn not to get caught. Okay. Now, I mean, I've raised three kids. And if my kid gets busted uh, doing something with his phone when he's not supposed to be, I, I usually don't encourage the behavior. So she's a fucking idiot. And there is numerous discussions from the ex-wife of Mr. Crumbly, who said, he's a fucking animal. She's a lunatic. Holy shit, this is uh, absolutely horrible. She shares his son, this uh, stepmom of Ethan Crumbly. Um, not stepmom, I guess um, ex-wife of Mr. Crumbly's uh, referred to them as complete lunatics. They used to, according to the neighbor of the Crumbly's, the Crumbly's, when the kid was growing up, would just leave the kid in the house and then they'd go to the bar and then the kid would have to say something to his parents, Ethan, and he had no way of getting a hold of them because they didn't have a landline. So he'd go bang on the neighbor's door and say, yeah, mom and dad are getting shit-faced. Can I borrow your phone to tell them that I need something? It just fucked up. Uh, She had called Child Protective Services on the family. Okay, this gets worse. If you haven't heard this yet. If not, you can still listen to it because... I'm breaking it down. Um, so he's looking at uh, the uh, ammo. That's where we picked this up. He was referred again when a teacher found a note on his desk with a drawing of a handgun, a bullet, and a person bleeding from gunshot wounds. The incident was never elevated to the principal or assistant principal's office. The teen was ultimately returned to class after his parents refused to take him home. There's more on that letter or on that note um, or that, that, that drawing that he wrote. Um, let's see. Where is that part? 
Just prior to the attack, it was referred to counselors again. Parents called in for a meeting after teachers found the disturbing drawing. Um, the superintendent said that counselors spent an hour and a half with the teen while they waited for his parents to arrive. During that time, the teen did homework and claimed that the drawing, which included a laughing emoji and the phrase, get this, the thoughts won't stop, help me, was part of a video game he was designing. That's bullshit. To me, that's evil. I don't know about you, but I do believe in evil. I do. I believe that the devil can actually take you over. I believe that this kid is influenced by the devil. That's what we, and it came out right there. Holy fuck. How can this happen? I can't stress enough that, you know, while people are, I mean, if I'm running the school and, and I, I mean, if I'm a counselor and I, I am aware that I've got a student who's drawing these types of things with words like that. I don't care. First of all, more people need to know up the chain. You know, you've got a, that sounds very, very serious to me. I mean, hindsight being what it is, I think this is fair. I don't think that, uh, that anybody should have let this kid step foot anywhere in that class. They also said the kid has to be in the counseling within 48 hours. Little did they know they were a half hour away from this massacre. That's too much for me. In my opinion, in my opinion, knowing what we know just by that, I would say the school uh, holds some responsibility with that type of specifics on what the kid wrote in his I'm going to fucking kill you note. Okay. Oh, my God. Wow. You know, I, I think this was preventable. I absolutely think this was preventable, and it starts with the parents. Daisy's barking outside. Shut up! All right. Um, while we understand this decision has caused anger, confusion, and prompted understandable questioning, the counselors made a judgment based on their professional training and clinical experience. Let's hold right there. This is, again, the superintendent. So he's suggesting that their professional training and clinical experience, despite all of that, when faced with a drawing made by a young individual that says, I can't stop the thoughts, please help me with bullets and dead kids bleeding and guns. You realize we live in a day and an age where kids have been suspended for uh, uh, taking a, a chicken finger at lunchtime and saying, look, it looks like a gun. You know, that has happened. Uh, if there's any inference of any type of weapon in a school, we've sat here on this show and, and laughed at stories like that. And you finally get the one kid who writes, I'm going to go kill everyone, essentially. And you go, nah, that is fucked okay no way no way am i buying that oh my god i don't give a shit superintendent throne what you say you're in you're fucked there is no way if he'd be better off saying i know we're gonna get sued and we're so sorry please sue us for everything that we have 
we have insurance and it's it's appropriate uh i have nothing further to say at this point in my opinion in my opinion which is what this is all about um our counselors are deeply committed long-standing school members who have dedicated their lives to supporting students and addressing student mental health and behavioral issues well they failed they did a horrible job on this day and um i'm sorry but they are also responsible parents are the most responsible make no mistake these pieces of shit are going to burn in hell so is the school um okay throne said that after observing the teen and asking him specific probing questions which his parents affirmed the answers to counselors concluded that he did not intend to harm himself or others i don't buy that uh, I mean, I, I believe that they believe that, but they are horribly mistaken. Um, then mom and dad go home. School shooting starts. Mom texts the little shit. Ethan, don't do it. He's already done it. She's fit because she sees the notifications on her phone that Oxford High School is locked down. So right away she goes, Oh, no, he did it again. He's shooting up the school. So she texts the little fuck. Um, Dad figures it out. He goes home. First of all, he doesn't call anybody. He goes home to see if the gun is still there. It's not. He, he then calls 911 and says, I think my son's the school shooter. Because he went home to see if the gun was not there. Or was there or not. Oh, my God. Then, I don't know if it was necessarily a fugitive thing, but it sure seemed a little bit like that because the mom and dad um, wandered away and no one really knew where they were for a little bit of time. And there was a guy that pe- he's an artist. He's a Detroit-based uh, artist. Um, he... Uh, had them in his residence and then so everybody's like oh he needs to be charged too but i I don't think that's going to happen because that guy actually called the police and said hey they're here and um so and i think he called two police agencies and said hey i don't i don't want to be implicated i'm just letting you know they're they're here they eventually uh got them and so i i don't necessarily believe the story of it was uh, a fugitive scenario Uh, maybe i don't know but um, it's neither here nor there. They're in custody. They face manslaughter charges. I don't ever recall a school shooting having such a... I mean, how often do these happen? And then for days after, we're like, how? Why? And, 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 and there's a lot of information that leads us to understand how it all happened. God only knows the motive. I, I still think it was uh, evil. But um, as we indicated Friday, this family is a piece of shit. These are horrible human beings. They're the worst. Okay? Uh, and and uh, I, I'm just sickened. I, I, I see those uh, four beautiful faces, uh, those four young people. And, and I, I can't... Um, when you think about I was laying in bed last night. I said, imagine being in bed days after this has happened and being the mother and father or siblings or any family member or friend of anybody who had passed away in this. 
the level of trauma is uh, so visceral that I can't even, it, 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 it makes me shudder that there are humans feeling that right now, that they are actually experiencing all these sleepless nights and unbelievable levels, levels of sorrow and anguish. And I, I don't even know, I think I can, I would uh, say that the, the, the prayer for any type of numbing that can somehow in their, in their community and supporting them, that's absolutely the only thing I can think of that um, somehow might be able to lift them up. And I think being at the football game, them, what a, what a, what a maneuver on their part in the face of such an incredible tragedy to be seen publicly and saying, yeah, you know, here we are, here we are. We're just, I mean, that is, that is one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. My God, may they rest in peace. And there is a number of people also that uh, Dan Campbell mentioned that were, uh, that were shot in this one. And um, God, you know, it's, it's, it's really tough to, um, come up with anything else to say in this. I just, the longstanding effects of this, you think about the whole school, these kids have to go back to school, the, the, the close friends, even the people that don't even know these kids. Oh, shit. And, uh, you know, I don't, um, I don't, I don't want to be the one to stand up here and say, this is what we got to do. I don't, I don't, I mean, come on now. Anybody who suggests that. I don't even like people suggesting something's got to be done something's got to be done suggesting that something more elaborate could have prevented this. I don't believe that. I don't believe that some extraordinary measures done by government agencies could have prevented this. I think that two pieces of shit people having this sick, twisted son and raising him in a horrible environment, caused this violence. That's what caused this. An unspeakable evil. It wasn't a gun. It wasn't laws. It wasn't a president. It wasn't liberal or Democrat. It was fucked up parents and a catastrophic failure by that school. That's why those kids are dead. That's what I feel. All right. Um, you know, I've been talking for a lot, two full hours, and I'm going to end the show. I am going to wrap it up with sponsors. By the way, side note on the whole Joe thing, poor free beer. You know, um, I don't want this to seem like piling on, but it was, it was comical. When you're on the radio, you can't really be completely comfortable because you got to watch the clock or you got to, Get a sponsor in. So Joe's having this really poignant moment or, you know, burying his soul. And it goes on long and they have to spill it over into the next segment. And he goes, hey, I don't mean to stop you here, but uh, we got to take a break. And uh, we'll be back after two and two. And uh, God, it was super jarring. Somebody actually wrote that. It, that was very jarring when it happened. Now, there's no real way to get out of that. I, I, I don't. I'm not saying, aha, you suck. I'm not. I mean, I have in the past, but I'm not saying that here. And then 
See, I uh, sometimes we would have live reads, okay? And sometimes it's not a great time to do a live read. It just doesn't work. And if you suddenly just say, hey, you know, I mean, I'm so sorry that you're very, very sad. Uh, this moment of the show brought to you by State Farm Insurance. Oh, God, just kick it off to next week. You can make it up. I mean, he then he then went out. He said something really nice. He said something really sweet to Joey. And he set it up with a sponsor. I was like, oh. The program director in me is like, okay, in the, would you do, just do yourself this favor. When you have those moments, if you skip the sponsor, no one's going to slap you on the wrist. You're not in trouble. Just don't do it. Just say, you know, Joe, you've said a lot here. And I just wanted to stress this. I think this is a great first step. And he doesn't really know what first steps are. So, he, I mean, he meant well. Because it really wasn't a great first step. It was, well, it wasn't. And there is, that's because of when you have a first step, you're usually, not only are you explaining that you're helpless, you're not offering excuses, which unfortunately he offered a lot of excuses. You're, you know, that's kind of how it works. But Freebird's having this nice poignant moment and he goes, and this poignant moment is uh, brought to you by State Farm Insurance where they've got uh, the discount double check and, uh, Pat Mahomes and uh, call for a great rate today. Anyway, I'm like, oh, God, what are you doing? Quit it. Quit it. Stop doing that. Yeah. And then there was Steve. Poor Steve. I think he was must have been crawling out of his skin or he left the room because he didn't say shit. And guys, you can't post Joe stunts anymore. You can't after he has just said how much they hurt him. You can't then say, here's a Joe stunt. You can't do that because, you know, while I don't agree with him saying he didn't know what he was getting into, he did. It still did hurt him. So I think you should find some different material to play on your show. If you want to, you know, I mean, that's right, isn't it? Am I missing something here? That's why I was so shocked when on their pre-beer and hot wing show, which is old stuff that they play with me on it, the first fucking bit is a Joe stunt. And you can't split hairs and say, yeah, well, this Joe stunt didn't make him feel bad. You can't do that. You can't. And you're making a huge mistake and making yourselves look bad. If the guy just said, these hurt me and I have PTSD from them, you can't go, oh, my God. Well, hang in there, buddy. That's a great first step. Coming up this weekend on Free Beer and Hot Wings, uh, Joe runs to the paintball gauntlet and snorts salt. Brought to you by State Farm. See you later. Okay. Asshole of the day is coming up. Asshole of the day is coming up. Do I have five? Am I behind five ads? <laughs> this is going to suck. Hey, listen, if you're listening to the audio podcast, there's a rumor going around that some of you are bumping ahead when you hear that I go to the ads. And let me tell you something. You're missing out on me at my best.
as you know, I am not short of confidence. Never have been. I have said some of the best racist jokes in my sponsor mentions. That's right. Sign up for the Eric Zane Show podcast where his jokes have racist undertones. So you're missing out on some quality material. Do you know how many times I have talked about Joe Martinez uh, uh, having to bend you over the pinata? You know, I mean, there have been an army of racist jokes that you guys are missing out on. And for fuck's sake, I am really, really heartbroken about that. Now, it's not just racist jokes that I'm making. There's all sorts of other fun moments that happen. Various audience members will be thrown under the bus for seemingly harmless offenses and things that they say on the live stream. Which reminds me, before I get into this five-minute spot set, Crank says, out of left field with a zinger. That's what happens when I do the commercials. Corey in Maine writes, racism can be fun. Absolutely. Some of the funniest moments in comedy have been steeped in racism, and I don't want you to forget that. By the way, these are all jokes. I shouldn't have to say that. All right. Anybody new still here? Anybody new hanging around? From all of the uh, high drama that really wasn't that high of drama. Oh, I do want to make this point too. Um, about the Joe stunts. I also challenged this when he um, talked about how traumatic they were. And, re- and I already said what I want to say about that. And I stand by that. I don't, I'm not taking any of that back. I stand by it and I challenge all of that assumption or all of that, uh, what he stressed about him not knowing and him not having an out. He had full veto power and he stunt. Okay. One more thing. He was good at it. He was funny. And I always said to those guys on days when I'd get suspended and I'd come back and Joe would fill in. I was like, you know, you guys fucking got it. And they know I would say this to Michael. If I ever get fired or leave, I know you guys are going to keep going. And I based a lot of that on Joe. When he was out on the street doing those stunts, a lot of that was improv, making shit up as he went. Super funny at it. You, I mean, that's what a good portion of making the show famous in the first place was the stunts, the trepidation, the concern, the stress. He then would get into it, be funny with random people, make random people uncomfortable. That's the hilarity. And he did it all through spoken word. He painted a visual picture on an audio medium. Not easy to do. All we're doing is, you know, doing man show shit, uh, feeding lines into his ears, and he's pulling it off, pulling it off perfectly. And we'd always have these big high water marks. And that eventually led to the Lindsay Lohan freedom trip, the trip to Spain, You know, these were all big things. On Friday's show, Joe said that that was all trauma. Bullshit. That's bullshit, and you know it. It's an excuse. What you did there was an excuse. You also have achieved great heights in popularity and with uh, financial um, um, uh, assets that that go along with that. 
That was a weird way to say you're making great money for doing this. Had that not happened, my point is to great benefit to you. Great benefit. You're a fucking star on a syndicated radio show. So there's that. That's why I don't buy what you're trying to sell to this audience. And I think that's valid. <laughs> Who is at, uh, Ashley Mitch uh, writes, Joe's ex. You'll have to go back and check it all out if you're getting in here late. Joe was funny. The stunts were great. But yeah, fuck that guy. Well, I don't even know if I want to have that attitude about fuck that guy. He's in a bad spot. I don't know why what was said on the show happened, but I felt it was important on this show to bring Ashley in and let her do the heavy lifting. Why, Zane? Why, why do you got to do that? Well, okay, this was the matchup. Three men on a syndicated radio show from coast to coast and on the internet and on a podcast, and everybody knows who they're talking about, said what they said. Are you suggesting she should only be able to respond on Snapchat or to her Facebook friends? Um, Zane, you're just doing this because you have a chip on your shoulder. A little. I'll admit that. Sure, I do. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with calling out bullshit when I see it. I've done, I've done nothing different here today than I've done my whole life. So don't act surprised that I'm sitting here blowing the lid off of this. Of course, there's a little chip on my shoulder, but I mean, go back and listen to how I handled it. If you think that I went the full commando on the poor fuck, fuck that. I'm not going to do that. I didn't need to, but I'm still not going to let that shit slide. What, that, what happened to her was a little bit more of an elaborate example of what I've complained about for many, many years. That type of saying something without explicitly saying it, it's very effective. It's always pissed me off. That's why I have that chip. Similar to her, except she doesn't have a podcast. Uh, a year ago, she reached out to me and she goes, I'm trying to live my life. I keep hearing from people from time to time. I keep hearing things from people I know and love that I've been talked about. Can I come on your show and talk? I said, about what? And she listed a, thing, a number of things she wanted to talk about. And I said, no. And she said, why? I said, because that'd be weird. Um, and... I, I don't want to expose myself to that. I don't want to throw myself into it. So, so she really wanted to talk. And I said, no, you, you may not. I appreciate you reaching out to me. And I understand where you're coming from. I talked to her for a good, good amount of time. I recorded the whole thing, in fact. And then I buried it. There's no point in going down that road. Uh, since then, um, and I was in a good spot with the, with the show then. I had no axe to grind. We were... Uh, talking since then things have gotten off the rails and uh sure i've got a chip on my shoulder i'd be the first one to admit that um 
And so then she heard what they said about her. And remember that scene in um, Rocky II? Okay, let me set the stage for you. Rocky has not wanted to uh, fight Apollo Creed because he can't see anymore. And Apollo keeps trying to draw him out and uh, publicly saying shit about him. Well, Rocky, uh, he, uh, he, he's not going to fight because his eyes hurt and, and Adrian just wants him to settle down. Well, he goes on a, a press conference, Apollo does, and he talks all sorts of shit about Rocky. Mick gets up from the fucking couch, walks down the street and bangs on Rock's door at the fucking apartment he lives in. He opens the door and he looks down at Mick and uh, he goes, hey, hey, what do you want to do? And Mick says, I think we ought to knock his block off. And Rock goes, uh, absolutely. And he looks back at Adrian and Adrian's like, oh, Rocky, I don't know. And they, they go, they start training. Now, it wasn't until uh, Adrian, you know, she had the, uh, the issue with the pregnancy after she was picking up the bag of dog food. She ends up in the, in the hospital and she's laying there and he ends up having the baby and Rocky learns to read. Remember, Rocky learns to read and he's reading the book to Adrian by his bedside. Very touching moment, but I don't want to train Mick until Adrian's better, you know? And then uh, she, uh, she wakes up from the coma and goes, hey, yo, you know, hey, you had the kid, you done good. You got, you got this boy. I mean, look at him. She's holding the baby. She goes, uh, yeah. So, uh, so uh, he goes, what do you, you want to do? Or what, what should I do? And she goes, win, win. Oh, my God. Fantastic. So great. And then he goes and he, uh, he confronts his demon, uh, Apollo Creed, and he, he, he wins the fight. Well, that's how she felt. She was, she was Mickey. So I put her on. I don't think there's any problem with a, uh, with a lady. If anybody has a problem with her contesting the accusation that she beat Joe and mentally abused Joe and faked a pregnancy. Wow. Three men did that to her on their show in this day. And you know what? I'm frankly shocked that they went there. There had to have been a couple of tight assholes in that room going, Oh boy, don't do it. Don't, don't do it. And then, Ooh boy. Um, I, my gut tells me, Steve was like, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Couple of predictions. Um, first of all, I think someone close to him needs to ask him if sobriety is an issue. Okay. While Joe has to figure this out on his own, I predict he's not quite there yet. I predict he's not quite ready yet because of how much yet how little he said when he was speaking. And what I mean by that is he talked a lot, but he didn't say a whole lot. You know what I mean? Um, I've been through the ringer when it comes to trauma too. Uh, horrible husband. Horrible husband. I have put Diana through every type of trauma you can imagine. Name it. I've lived it. So is she. By the grace of God, grace of God and soul-searching honesty, the only way I was able to salvage this, okay? Let me explain something to you. At the height of the trauma that I caused Diana, coming just short of saying 
what you all want me to say. At the height of that trauma, I went to a counselor. And I revealed to him some things. And I, I talked a lot. I didn't say a whole lot. And I wasn't that honest. And he talked to me about that. And I had his phone number on the back of a card. And I drove home from the counseling session. I threw the card out the window. It was gone. And then I went home. And I said to Diane, I go, I don't think this guy's going to work. It's, uh, yeah, he's, he's got a bad attitude. And she's like, hmm. It was couples counseling. But I had a, we had to do couples counseling and I had to go by myself. I go, yeah, I think we should, uh, I think we should get a new guy. Because this guy was tough. And, uh, she's getting manipulated by me. And then at some point, shortly thereafter, I said, um, no, I got to go back to this guy. And I changed my mind. I was honest with her. I was honest with him. And here we are. It's that simple. Quit being a fucking pussy and get honest with yourself. Or you're not going to make it. You are not going to make this. And I'm not telling you this as a friend. Any person who has ever been through any of this Typically, we'll just tell you straight up, you're full of shit. You need to be honest. That's it. This is not a, a complex blueprint. Your honesty is key with who you talk to, with who you are in relationships with, and who you work with. I think if you ever want to make any progress, you're going to have to do those things. Um. One more thing. Um, what was I going to say? Shit, I just got distracted. I can't, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. Okay, I'm going to leave it right there. You all are the best. I wish you nothing but the best. Sorry if you're really offended by what I have to say, but I don't know. Thanks, folks. Have a good one. Bye-bye.